0: This is John Gescheidmeyer of Wisconsin Real Estate Today, your real estate expert. This podcast is designed to equipping people with the teaching and tools they need to succeed in real estate. I hope you enjoy this episode and subscribe for more real estate content. Welcome to Wisconsin Real Estate today. I, of course, am your host, John Gutscheidmeier, and uh, boy, welcome to our podcast. We have a very special type of episode today, and what I'm really going to—and f- I think I've said this in the previous episodes—you know, we've we've kind of bored you with statistics, and the last one was market updates, and we don't want this to be just market updates. So we're going to go in some different directions. And today, um, I'm bringing in the the main person behind the scenes in our brokerage. Her name is Monica Young. We'll. we'll uh, Have Monica introduce herself in a second. But, you know, there's so much that goes on behind a real estate sale that people don't know about. And quite frankly, we don't need you to know about. Um, The perfect real estate sale is where the buyer or the seller, our client, has no idea that there are or were problems along the way. And, Monica, before you introduce yourself, what percentage, and I totally, I didn't tell you I was going to ask you this question, so I'm putting you in the spot here, which I love to do. Um, what percentage of real estate sales come off without a hitch? In other words, there's not a problem ever.
1: Uh, about
0: 95%. Right. Well, no, there's not. She's being facetious. There is always something that happens in a real estate sale, and we as agents and we as leaders, right? We don't always, It's. it's, if you have your own organization, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The leader doesn't always go to the troops and say, I just want to let you know we all have a problem because it it creates stress and it's problematic and they doubt your abilities. But there's always something that seems to go a little bit awry in a real estate transaction, no matter how much you have a great process, no matter how much things are working, um, no matter how much the agents are getting along, there's just always something Right. I can think of one right now um, involving a sale of a condominium that uh, well, we've got some problems with the buyer that just crept up yesterday. And I can't get answers from the buyer's agent. I've tried for a day and a half now. Um, you know, it's those things that happen behind the scenes that, you know, we, we know when to alert our, our clients. We know when to put them on notice. We know when to, you know, to jump in or, or have them jump in. But this is why we get paid. So what I wanted to do is go today through what does a transaction coordinator do for one? Um, and we'll, we'll get Monica to introduce herself in a second. She'll talk about what she does. And then what are the components of the real estate sales? So all the things that happen behind the scenes. And we're not going to go through a hundred different things. We're going to hit the high points. Uh, but how many outcomes there could be in a sale? What percentage of sales fall through? And, and how can an agent tank the sale? <laughs> because that's the most important part. How does an agent tank a sale? And and trust me, folks, when I tell you how many sales, last year, according to the National Association of Realtors, there were 60,000 sales that fell through a month in our our country. And they attributed about 80% of those having to do with the lack of guidance and experience from the agents. So what does that mean? We had a lot of people not purchasing homes that they fell in love with, that they wanted to purchase because the professional didn't do their job, probably. All right, Monica, tell us who you are.
1: I am Monica Young, and I am the office um, admin and transaction coordinator.
0: And you're at REMAX Service First. At REMAX Service sure, First. Yeah, we got to plug that, right? Um, and you've been here for, for several years now. Yes. Um, and you do an excellent job, and I'm not just saying that because you're here. I usually fire Monica at least once a, a well. A few times a month, for sure. But I haven't done in a while, so you probably do. Uh, Maybe right after this podcast, she'll be gone. (laughs) Who knows? Just check the roster. (laughs) Um, So your day-to-day, let's stick to transaction coordination. So what does a transaction coordinator do?
1: They really coordinate the -the behind-the-scenes aspect of the the transaction. And it really can depend on um, the agent. There's a lot of agents that um, are more hands-off, and then there's more, you know, times where the transaction coordinator is really going to coordinate everything from photography, inspections, appraisals. Um, but for the most part, it's having a system, having like a checklist, kind of the behind the scenes, you know, nuts and bolts of a transaction.
0: So the transaction coordinator's role can vary. It depends on the agent. And you um, you coordinate sales for for not just me, but other agents in the office. Um, they hire you per transaction to you know, guide things, and it could be where the second they know that there's, uh, you know, a listing coming up, that you're reaching out to the clients, you're coordinating, like you said, photography and staging and all that other stuff, paperwork being signed. Um, you've become our paperwork expert with everything that we do electronically. So, for agents that listen to the podcast, and there are several of them that do, we we use uh, a system called Dot Loop. But, you know, it's kind of like your DocuSign, but it's, it's uh, for real estate. So you're kind of, you become an expert in that. Uh, you're an expert looper.
1: Certified looper.
0: Certified looper. That is bragging rights right there. Um, but agents will hire you to coordinate the sale. And it, you know, that can be, like you said, it can be everything from start to finish or, you know, limited roles within within the transaction. But it's your job to kind of coordinate those things. While the agent is out trying to build business and meet with people and showing homes, that's a huge thing that takes up a lot of time for agents. Um, so when we talk about some of the things in a real estate sale that a transaction coordinator does, you mentioned photography, coordinating, staging, I'll jump ahead and say that you know appraisals and inspections go through you as well. Yes. you know So you've got um, after the accepted offer, We have a sheet that goes to the buyer's agent congratulating them, and you're on there as the contact for appraisals and inspections, so you coordinate that. Um, But take us through all the other things, and you have some checklists in front of you as your guide. So what are some of the other big things that you do?
1: Um, Some of those things are just setting up a loop, um, which is basically a file for the agent, uh, making sure the correct paperwork is in the file, um, making sure that the correct people are getting paperwork, so, a lot of it is systems oriented. Um, it's very much um, a lot of checklists, a lot of um, making sure, um, a lot of documents. So, it's a lot of paperwork, especially the little details that not everybody's fond of dealing with.
0: Okay. So, specifically, though, there's a lot of things involved in a real estate sale, right? Yes. The agent negotiates, you know, because, I mean, even if, a, even if an assistant or a transaction coordinator is licensed, in most cases, it's the agent negotiating the deal, right? When the offers come in, they're working with the seller, they're working with the other side. If, if they're the listing agent, they're working with the buyer's agent. They're trying to pit people against one another for the benefit of the seller. There's a whole bunch of stuff that's happening behind the scenes, right? We're representing our people. The, the, the agent usually does that stuff. Yes. But now we have an accepted offer. And what are some of the things that you have to put together behind the scenes? Uh, I mean, not only based on what we do, but but even in other roles. Let's say you handle things from start to finish. What are some of those things?
1: Uh, it could be putting together the title order, um, collecting earnest money, um, sending out key dates and deadlines to the seller, um, coordinate, you know, coordinating those deadlines with perhaps maybe a lender or um, buyer agent. Um so a lot of um, yeah, a lot of coordinating with different groups of people, and a lot of communicating as well, so there has to be a way to communicate that back and forth so
0: now, when it comes to ordering title, you know, some people think, "Well, I just make a quick phone call um, It's a lot more than that. We don't need to go into the details of all that stuff, but what are some of the documents that you're assembling along the way um, you know that you are that you are making sure that the file has, because uh, again, it all starts with that accepted offer, which sometimes is called the contract of sale once it's signed. So what happens after that?
1: Well, after that, I usually go through making sure like signatures um, are, are accurate. Um, I usually c- complete my key dates and deadlines, make sure I get that title order over to title, send those documents over to them so they have access you know, to the loop and those docs. Um,
0: See, she's using professional lingo now. Docs, lo- Docs, the loop,
1: the loop. Sorry, the file. That's like
0: when I used to be in law enforcement. We would tell people anytime you talk to the public, would you please speak, not like a cop.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, like any kind of any amendments that you would have going forward. Um,
0: so let's let's talk. Let's let's stop there for a second. So you can explain this to our listeners. So you have an accepted offer. And then things are going to happen, right? You're going to have inspection. That's probably going to come next. Mm -hmm. And what happens after the inspection? What What are some of the different things that could happen?
1: Uh, Well, there could be issues with the inspection, so you may have um, additional testing. You may need an amendment to extend inspection. Um, I mean, need to coordinate with you know specialists, Um, or you could. just to have to deal maybe with maybe the appraisal going forward.
0: Well, let's hold off on appraisal okay. yet, because I mean that usually doesn't happen until you get past inspections, and there's a reason for that. Okay. The reason usually is is because if I'm on the buyer side, right, I'm representing a buyer. I don't want the appraiser to get ordered now. If if appraisals are out three, four weeks, two, three weeks, then we have to, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't want the appraiser in there until we know we're past inspections, because what I don't want is I don't want the buyer to pay another five hundred dollars, six hundred dollars for an appraisal and only to find out that at the same time the appraiser is getting in there, that the deal falls through because maybe there was something major, you know, the foundation had things going on that we just didn't see, right? Mm -hmm. So during the inspection process, yes, you're coordinating all those other people that can come in, but now paperwork wise, you mentioned amendments, right? So Mm -hmm. amendments can be, it it alters the listing contract, right? So we're not going to go into what a notice is versus an amendment, you know, but, but You have amendments that you have to coordinate, that the agents usually negotiate. They're now part of the deal because they're amending the original contract. So a good example, inspection produces more things than a seller expected, right? Buyer has an accepted offer and now, holy crap, there's like 12 things. And the buyer starts adding them all up, right? oh my God, this is going to cost me 10 grand. Well, I I can't afford all those things. And then we as agents sit with our clients. We say, well, what's most important, right? Do you want to lose the house? Well, no, we don't want to lose the house, but okay, so maybe we can ask them for a credit. So the credit can be, let's say $5,000. Let's make it really simple. We do an amendment that essentially says, hey, seller's going to give you $5,000 to make you go away. Well, kind of, but the $5,000 credit now amends the 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 contract, right? So those are all things you have to coordinate. But then it's, you've already made the title order. You've already, you know, everything's already been to the lender because let's not forget the lender in this too. You're coordinating with the lender on this paperwork. Mm -hmm. Um, But now you got to re-deliver all that stuff. And that might sound really simple, but it gets confusing because we are in such a fluid world and things are changing by the second. But um, at the end of the day, you're not also handling one transaction. There's several going on. Sure. You know, it could be dozens. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you sent appraisal. So appraisal comes in. Now all of a sudden the appraisal comes in short. Right. Mm-hmm. Purchase price is three eighty, but the appraisal comes in at you know three sixty five. Now we're fifteen thousand short. Again, you don't do much of the negotiating. Right. But you may get called by the agent and say, hey. You know, we've, we've got a new amendment or licensed transaction coordinators can draft those amendments, those type of things. But at the end of the day, you know, you're still now re-delivering everything to everybody else. Plus, any of this could fall apart at any given time, mm-hmm. which doesn't happen often, but it happens. Why do you think deals fall apart? I mean, when, because when, there's really two outcomes in a sale, right? It either closes or it falls apart. It's kind of like when you ask somebody a question and they give you a vague answer and then I go, hey, th- this is not kind of pregnant here. You either are or you're not. It's either going to sell pretty black and white here, or it's not going to. Mm-hmm. And from what you've seen, how do things fall apart when I, they do?
1: I think it's a lack of communication, especially between the two agents that are negotiating. Um, it's usually something, um, maybe, you know, in- inspection or appraisal related, um And then there's just a lack of communication to make things kind of come together.
0: Um, I agree with that. You know, I've sold over 650 homes in the almost 12 years I've been licensed. And I've had some really great interactions with other agents. And then I've had some disasters. And that's just, you know, you can't put it any other way, right? I mean, our job is to advocate for our clients. But you get the other agents on the other end. And sometimes they're not always nice to you. Right. So tell me about that. What I mean what are some examples you can remember? Not not you know the whole story but but just in general of how people
1: Well, I think um sometimes when you're dealing with another agent and you know you know they have they they will avoid you just because you know they don't have the answer that you want um or just very arrogant, rude. Um this is a really interesting industry, so um agents can be a little aggressive sometimes i think well they
0: can be assholes i mean let's be honest yeah i mean i'm
1: just trying to be nice but of course you are um but i I do i think it's just um having an agent that's difficult to work with is just really a detriment to the client um yeah i i feel like agents that are are good negotiators tend to have success in real estate so
0: well and Let's be honest with each other that the reality is that in real estate, everything is centered on communication Mm -hmm. because if an agent doesn't communicate well enough or often enough, people are left to wonder. And when, let's say, a buyer buys a house and they have an accepted offer, they do the inspection, they presented an amendment to the seller, the agent never called the listing agent to discuss it, and that's my biggest pet peeve. You know, or they just deliver an amendment and we have no copy of an inspection report, right? How, how am I going to go to a seller and say, you, you should give up and do all these repairs and give up money when we don't even know what the inspection report says. Right. Right. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. But that stuff happens, right? It happens all the time in our world. And then I think, you know, to your point too about frustrations that then you have some agents that jump down your throat. And I don't tolerate that. But at the same time, I don't yell, I don't scream, I actually just kind of regress, and I let them say what they have to say. I get, they can get their frustrations off. And then I have to point out that none of this behavior is solving the problem. And the problem is we've got two people that you know, potentially don't agree. Now, let's be honest with you. Our job is to do what? To advocate for our clients. Correct, yeah. But it's also to make sure that the sale goes through. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to advocate to a client that they should give up $20,000 as a credit or repairs or lowering a purchase price if there's 3000 5000 worth of work and just because somebody else estimated. So another big pet peeve of mine is you said earlier about estimates and testing and bringing other people in. Well, guess what? When that doesn't happen, agents can say, "Well, you know, we think this foundation's going to cost us 9 grand because that's what the inspector said." The inspector said, you know, "Well, it might be 9 grand." And now we're holding that as like gospel when we've never brought in a foundation expert.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: you know, So those are all things that we have to coordinate, and you coordinate those things behind the scene. I may call you and say, hey, call Accurate Foundation Repair uh, or ac- Accurate Basement Repair. Get them in to take a look at this. And we got to have it done soon, mm-hmm. which they're always very good to us. So a little shout out to them, Chris and his staff. But there's so much that goes into it. So I said a statistic earlier that Last year, and we had more sales last year than this year. That's about sixty thousand sales in the U.S. fell through every month. That was almost consistent for the last six months of the year. Um, does that surprise you? I mean, that's across the U.S., so it's, you know that number seems large, but if you really think about it, it's not that large.
1: Not not national.
0: Um. I mean, we had five million homes sold last year, but you know whatever six times twelve is, saved so eighty eight hundred thousand of those fell apart. Now that doesn't mean that eight hundred homes didn't eight hundred thousand didn't sell, it just means that those deals fell apart. Mm-hmm. But how many times do we talk to a, do we talk to clients who are not going back to their to their respective agent they used the previous time because they didn't think that they were advocating for them? Right. right? A lot. Or, a lot. Right. Or they didn't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, you hear that stuff all the time. You hear it when they jump when they drop off their earnest money and they start asking questions to you about a listing or the contract or the sale when that's not our job to right advocate, not to advocate, but to inform another person's client. That's their job.
1: Yes. I'm, I'm honestly shocked how often um, a, a, a buyer will drop off their earnest money and then ask me kind of what the next steps are going forward. So,
0: so, I, so what does that tell you?
1: Uh, it tells me that um, agents really need to have a good system with communicating that information to their clients, uh, both on the, the listing side and the buyer side. I think there's a lot of, um, just a lot of questions we do this every single day and we kind of forget that, um, this is a huge purchase or huge, you know, sale in someone's life. Um, so I think it's important just to remember to make sure that your clients are really well versed in like what the process is going to be.
0: So. You know we're not perfect. I mean, I don't think anybody is, but we've really worked hard to work on our process, and we're still perfecting it. We're going through that right now with my team, on you know how we can better communicate with our clients so they know what to expect and what's coming up. But at the end of the day, um, you know it's one of those deals where it's it's just it's incumbent upon us to inform our people of what's going on. Now you as a transaction co- coordinator, you're doing this stuff behind the scenes. It's really still the agent. That's got to be the face, mm-hmm. right? Like it would be completely inappropriate for me to call you and say, hey, Monica, could you do me a favor and call the Smiths and tell them that the offer that they had in place, which is 30,000 over asking is falling apart.
1: That would be great. I
0: would, love the, I would love to do that. Well, I mean, we can arrange that. No, I no, suppose. no, 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 no. But you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, look, let's be honest. The bottom line is it's, it's the agent's job to do the agent's things mm-hmm. that they do. But as a client coordinator, which is really what I like to call you, you know, you're 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 the one who's in the house, you know, the office. You're behind the scenes. You're doing all the things. I mean, most people never meet you. They have very good things to say about you, though.
1: That's good. That's good to hear.
0: But that, that's the only reason why I don't actually follow through on firing you, because you know, at the end of the day, you're very pleasant to people. That's good. Well, right. All right. Well, hey, that was Monica's review. Uh, for the year.
1: Thanks for joining. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, but um, all right. So last thing as we wrap this up, um, when you, I, I guess we, we talked about your role as a transaction coordinator. We talked a little bit about some of the things that, you know, all the paperwork and the items, the big ones, right? The, the notices when you have a defect and you've got to put the other side on notice. We talked about the amendments, you know, all the paperwork you have to do, the ordering of the title, all these other things. Um, We talked about the components of the sale, how things can fall through, uh, and when they do, why they fall through, uh, how an agent can tank a sale or can carry it through. And I've always had this phrase that a good agent can close a sale, any sale, right? That's the basic. Mm -hmm. That's the basics. But a great agent gets the tough ones done. And it's not going back to your people and strong arming arming them into doing things or giving up things that they shouldn't. It's working through as a leader, and that's why, what do I do? I focus on leadership so much in the industry here. Mm -hmm. Well, not only only in house, but the industry. That we are leaders, and that we're trying to lead our people, right? Mm -hmm. You need a battle warrior to be in the trenches fighting for you, but you have to have somebody who's also a leader, a great negotiator, a skill set that understands the common goal of getting the home sold and getting our people into a home that they love but also being treated fairly Mm -hmm. along the way those are super important so your words of advice to other agents who maybe aren't doing all the things that they are doing or for a seller or a buyer trying to pick a good agent
1: well i would make sure that if you're looking for an agent or you are an agent um, Having somebody who's got a system in place obviously is gonna to make your transaction move a little smoother. Um, you want to try to find somebody that's a good communicator. Um, and you I think honestly, I know, um, I, I think kindness goes a long way. So um, I think it's just really important to make sure you're interviewing agents and, you know getting to know them. Um, and then just basically making sure that you have a system down. So when you are doing transactions, Um, things just follow the same flow all the time. So consistency is really good.
0: Consistency. um, Now, when you say consistency, that might not mean, you know, because let's face it, most people are going through one of these sales every five to seven years, Mm -hmm. right? So they're not going to know, you know, what was consistent from sale to sale, but consistency and communication. Yes. Open, uh, an open line of communication. And knowing, too, that at the end of the day, if I'm not available and these people have a burning question to call you, Mm Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, you talk people off the ledge all the time. Mm-hmm. You might even talk people off the ledge that I don't know that you talk off the ledge.
1: Probably, yep. Probably, or yep. for sure. No, for sure, yeah. for sure. <laughs> no,
0: but that's why, I mean, having somebody strong behind you is really important. So my advice as we wrap this up, and this is great, excellent. Thank you so much for joining us, Monica. You're going to join us on a lot more of these. Okay. Um, my advice, if you're looking for an agent, if the agent is... And, and some people might not like hearing this, but if the agent is a above average producer, meaning they sell more than most people sell, and they're doing it solo, you're probably not going to get the best communication. I'm just being honest. Mm-hmm. I did that, right? At my old firm, it was just me. I was closing lots of sales, and I did not. I couldn't give the, I mean, I would have to work 200 hours a week to properly do. So I think you need to limit the amount of sales you have in the hopper at any given time, especially listings. I think you have to have a team behind you. You have to have an admin support staff behind you, which Mm -hmm. is what we have, Mm -hmm. right? We've got a team of, what, seven, eight people. Mm -hmm. You're our team admin. You're my transaction coordinator. You're a transaction coordinator for other people. But we would never assign you more than you could do, right? Mm -hmm. So um, any last words of wisdom? No, not really. All right. That was a crescendo. <laughs> was All right, Monica, thanks for joining us. Um, and thank you guys for listening. You know, as always, we appreciate it. And the fact that um, you're willing to take uh, 25 minutes out of your time. This is a little longer episode, but I thought it was well worth it. Out of your time to listen to this, um, you know, we're here to help you. We're here to help you in any way that, that we can, whether you're an agent or whether you're a buyer or a seller or both. Um, that's what we do. So I'm John Gescheidmeyer. This is Wisconsin real estate today. Thanks, guys. This episode of Wisconsin Real Estate Today has come to a close. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and let others know if you found this content useful. Until next time, make today your best day.